Father, we just pray that you would be in our hearts this afternoon and also, more importantly, in our, in our, um, in our midst here, that you wouldn't just be in the room, but that you would draw us close to you, help us to gain the tools that we need to be effective in our churches. We thank you for your kindness and your goodness, Lord, and we come in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so yesterday we covered a number of things. We went through the website and we talked about how to navigate through that, making sure is there, if there, is there anyone that has not logged on their site yet? I sort of asked that yesterday. So if you have not been able to log on to your site, you need to come and see me after. We need to get you connected. Okay, are you guys the coordinators? Oh, okay. No, I just meant like, have you been able to, are you able to access the website with your username and password? The Jesus on Prophecy website. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I gotcha. Well, if you, if you need to get on, you haven't been able to get on, then come and see me. Okay. So there's some things that I wanted to mention here before we get into some other things, on July 10th, you want to write this down, on July 10th from, I know it's in the middle of the day, but from 10 a.m. till 2 p.m., there is a young man from the Center of Online Evangelism. I told you guys yesterday about the online advertising that we're doing, um, and then some of the speakers uh, the speakers have been invited to actually do a personalized advertisement video for their local site here. Uh, it does cost a little bit of money. Uh, there's a young man that has a very good talent with that who's doing that. Um, but this young man, part of the, I remember I told you yesterday I paid for them to do the advertising for us. They're going to do a, um, how do we call it, Facebook advertising webinar. So he's going to tell you the most effective means of um advertising through Facebook and social media. That's on July 10th from 10 to 12. Now, if you miss it, he's going to record it and we'll be posting it on the website. So it will be recorded. I know a lot of people are working at that time, but that was the best time that he could do it and that we could fit that thing together. So, um, but if you can join live, it's online. So you can just do it right at your house. Um, and we are, uh, I will put the link on the website, but maybe I should see if I can see what it says now. I might have said 10 to 2. I apologize if I did. It's 10, uh, 10 to 12. And it may even let out a little bit earlier before that. But let me see if I can... If, if you want to write this down, you can, but I'll also post the link on the website. It's www.centerforonlineevangelism, like all one word, but many words, center for, F-O-R, onlineevangelism.org forward slash Facebook dash, not slash, dash, advertising dash webinar and that will take you to sign up but I said as I said I'll also post it on there so if you're interested in doing your own local Facebook advertising or social media advertising 
you can go on there and he's going to give a little course on what is actually the most effective way to do that. Uh, because a lot of people get on there and they spend money and they don't know what they're doing and it becomes a little bit cumbersome and it's not super effective. But this young man has really, I'm very impressed with him. He really has studied and researched the very best ways. Yes. His name is Chris, Chris Matz. You know Chris. Yeah. He's the one, he's already doing one here, but he's going to do one specifically for us as well. So if you'd like to join that. Um, yes. Do they know any information about Google Yeah, he does. And he's going to cover some of that as well. Yeah. Yes, sir. It is um, Center for Online Evangelism dot org forward slash Facebook dash advertising dash webinar. All right. And I'll post it on the website as well. So you'll see it on under updates. I just want to mention yesterday, I didn't mention this, but we are striving to put a strong emphasis on prayer before the series. And I mean, there's more to do than pray, but if we do all those other things without prayer. So how many of you have seen or are familiar with the, the prayer plan card that we've had? Have you, have you passed it out in your churches or have you, have you not ever heard of it? Or Okay, so the pastors were supposed to bring them back to the churches. Um, so everybody's familiar with that. I just want to remind you to keep that prayer plan going. I mean, I'm hoping that, you know, on the card, there are two sides. There's a, um, there's a church prayer plan, and then there's a personal prayer plan. So at the bottom there, there were some suggestions uh, for that. Just not that you had to do these, but you could do them. They're just ideas for daily, weekly, and monthly prayer uh, with your church. And, you know, I'm not going to go through all of that, but I just want to remind you about that to keep pressing that even more so as we're now about three months out from the series, encouraging the church to come together. I wouldn't encourage trying to schedule special times to do it, but put an emphasis on what you're already doing at prayer meeting, at Sabbath school, um, at church board meetings, after the worship service, spend some time together praying specifically for Jesus on prophecy, for the interests, etc. Okay? Then, um, you know, in September, there's some suggestions for a prayer chain and other things that you guys can organize locally. You know, the way that we would, I would always do it is I would have a 36-hour or 48-hour prayer chain and have 30-minute or one-hour intervals so that people can sign up and then they're responsible to wake up if it's in the middle of the night and pray during that hour, then they go back to bed. But everybody has to know if you got four or five members in your church, you may you may have to figure something else out. But you, you just kind of coordinate it based upon the size of your church. And also that 23rd of every month, a day of prayer and fasting. Not to say that people have to you know do without food or whatever. Everybody can do that on a personal level. Eat simply or do without or fast from TV or whatever but some type of prayer and fasting where you're able to uh, get rid of some ordinary thing in your life that you do daily so that you can take that extra time for prayer and thoughtfulness about the series. Then on that personal side, you remember there's the five names that people were encouraging the members to write, and they should have been doing this way back in January or February, praying for those people every day. And then beginning August-ish, 
we're going to be inviting those folks. Okay, just to remind you of that. Now, the other thing I want to talk about now is the seven points invitation plan. And uh, for those of you that were at the rally, you heard me talk about this, but it's very good for you to hear me talk about it again. So we're going to talk about it a second time because this is, I believe, a very strong, important piece of our advertisement, which is our members inviting people to attend. Okay. So if our members are not doing this, then the meetings, you know, Elder Finley gave a devotional today to our staff and he was telling us that, which we already know, that public advertising is becoming less effective. It's, it's still effective, but it's becoming less effective. I mean, in the 80s, and I wasn't even in the church then, I came in the church in 2002, but in the 80s and 90s, you could send out you know, 20,000 handbills and get two to 300 guests on your opening night. Now you send out 20,000 handbills and you might get, you know, 15 to 20. I mean, if a 25 to 30 would be an excellent result. Sometimes you'll send out 20,000 and get 10 or 12. And so public advertising is becoming less effective. Social media is relatively effective um, now, however, a lot of people, they don't want to come to stuff anymore unless it's a beer fest, you know, they, they say, well, send me the link and I'll watch it online when I'm in my pajamas at eight o'clock. You know, they don't want to be dressed up and come to the meeting and that kind of thing and have to drive every night. And they just want to watch it in the luxury of their own home. So, but here's the thing. I mean, I was talking to someone about this earlier. I mean, let's say you have 50 people attending your church. And you mail out 30,000 handbills, how many bidders are you going to get from that? Well, 20 to 30, right? Typically it's about one per thousand, sometimes half. But what if, but yeah, but what if every church member brought just one person? Just one. I mean, I have to say that it's actually more impossible for a person not to be able to bring one person than it is for them to actually bring one person. You see what I'm saying? I mean, it's not that hard to bring one person to the meeting. And if we all were able to do that, I mean, it doesn't matter if you had, you know, if you had 10 people in your church and everyone brought one, that'd be 10 visitors. Then you do your advertising, you get you know, 5, 10, 15 more. And then you have, you know, other elements where people may, may come, other strong tower radio, whatever. And you could have, you know, 20 to 30 people at your meeting just by members bringing one. I believe that God, this is a firm conviction of mine, that God is forcing, putting the church, I don't want to say forcing because God doesn't quite do that, but He's putting the church in a situation where we can't get people to anything unless we actually do some work ourselves. <laughs> Where the church is actually having to say, if we're going to have anybody here, we're going to have to do it. We can't rely upon mail-outs anymore. We can't rely... There was a pastor, there's a news article, um, I won't read it to you, but there was a news article in, the, I think, the Kentucky Times or one of the papers from Kentucky. It was like, he was a Baptist pastor. 
And when he came to pastor his church, he had about 25 to 30 people attending his church. He went out going door to door every day for like two to three hours every day, six days a week. And he would knock on doors and talk to people and visit them and spend time with them. And he grew his church in six months from about 20 to 30 to almost 300 people attending his church. And all he did was go out knocking on doors and inviting people. That's mind-blowing. And, and, and the thing that he said was, it, it was incredible. He said, he said, people were shocked in this day and age of technology and social media and online advertising and mailings and all this stuff. He said, people were actually shocked that I as a pastor would come to their house to want to talk to them personally and individually face to face. And he said, people responded incredibly. And he said, now my church is growing. All he did was knock on doors. Now, he, I'm sure he got quite a bit of rejection as well. But nonetheless, it worked. Yes. Yes. Yes, I can do that. In fact, I could probably see if I can tell, tell it to you right now. And I'll also put it on the website. Um, give me one second here. It's KentuckyToday.com and forward slash stories. Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff. His name is one second, it's just loading here. His name is Mark Bishop, Louisville pastor at the Highview. Baptist Church, baptized 37 new believers and has seen attendance triple to nearly 300 in six months. He knocked on 200 doors a week for six months. Mark Bishop. I mean, it's a remarkable story. I mean, it's incredible. So I'm just saying that the more that we move along, you know why people sit around and say evangelism doesn't work? Because they don't work. Because they're sitting around. And, and I'm just telling you, we can, and we can do this flurry of activity to try to you know, get things moving, but until the L. White says that when the whole church begins to move, or at least half the church, God's going to start pouring out His Spirit. And so we need to be encouraging people. Now one thing you cannot do is stand up from the front and just bark at people. We need to do this. We need to do that. You need to go to people individually and say, hey, I need your help with something. Can you come and help me with this? We need to do this. And, and talk to people personally. That's where you're going to get your best response. Okay? All right. Let's go on. Um, so the seven-point invitation plan, I do not have these printed yet, but they are because they're, Hamblin is printing them. You're going to get them in late July. But you can access it on the website. It's on there in a PDF. So if you wanted to print some, you could do that, post them around church. But the seven-point invitation plan is very, very powerful. There's a little quote there. And uh, um, it just says here, it's time to invite those you've been praying for to Jesus on prophecy. Use the seven-point invitation plan as an effective way to encourage those in your circle of influence to pre-register and attend. It's ideal to invite, number one, those you have a relationship with, including friends, family, neighbors, and coworkers. Number two, acquaintances or divine appointments that God will place in your path. 
If every attending member brought one guest to the meetings, you would have over 15,000 visitors at Jesus on Prophecy. Where do I get that number? Because the membership of Michigan Adventist churches is a little bit over uh, 27,000. And we know that somewhere around half of those people uh, actually attend. Maybe even a little bit less. So it might be more like twelve to 15,000. However... Do you know how many peop- how many non-Adventists we had in the two Unlock Revelations that we did, 2016 and 17? When you combine both meetings together, we had roughly about 5,000. Which is a lot. Which is a lot. Praise the Lord. We had over 10,000 members attending those meetings. But, what if we had 15,000? <laughs> I mean, just think, like, what if... What if just half of the members invited people? That'd be like seven to 8,000. That'd be almost twice as many as what we had in two meetings for one. See, it's not really that. And, and when people come and they hear the, the, the word being publicly proclaimed, it's life transforming for them. Now, not everybody responds to me. In fact, Pastor Finley told a story this morning about a lady that when he was first starting in ministry, he was giving her Bible studies. And she went through those Bible studies and he was just getting started and he felt like it was the worst set of Bible studies he ever gave. And she never responded and she didn't make a decision. He just thought, well, God gave me somebody to practice on. And then 10 years later, he was doing an evangelistic meeting near that area. And guess who was there on the first night of the meetings? It was that lady. She said, I saw your picture on the flyer that I got in the mail and I came to the meetings and she came every night and she was baptized. (laughs) Can you say amen? It's incredible. And so we want to really encourage our members. I mean, as the coordinator, you need to be emphasizing this to the church board. You need to be emphasizing it. If you're an elder in your church, having the elders promote it. Don't wait for the pastor. I mean, I'm not saying that anything negative about the pastor, but don't wait for the pastor. Take initiative. These are things that anybody can do. Amen? So every Sabbath, you know, beginning late July and early August, we need to be emphasizing over and over again every Sabbath in the mornings from the pulpit and the Sabbath school classes. You know, gather your Sabbath school teachers together and talk to them and say, hey, we need everybody, we need you as teachers to be emphasizing this in your classes. The kids can be inviting their friends, right? This is a plan that everyone can use. So let's quickly go through this plan. Number one, beginning, invite number one, beginning August 1 or even before. I mean, you don't have to wait till then, but even a little bit before. Now, what you can do between now and then, you can still invite people. You can still guide them to the website. You can still give out glow tracks and personal invitation cards and whatever. But beginning August 1, uh, we want to draw even closer to the people that we're interacting with. So mention Jesus on prophecy and the start date with a few details. So I've given an example on the card of how to do that. You know, it's just, this is just, you don't have to say it exactly this way, but this is just a sample. There's something I've been wanting to mention to you that I think you'd be interested in. It's a powerful Bible study series called Jesus on Prophecy that will be over at over a hundred locations in Michigan starting September 23rd. It compares events happening in today's world with what Jesus said would happen in our day. Many have found hope and answers to lifelong questions about the Bible. Would you consider going with me? 
Don't just say, hey, I want you to come. But would you go what? I mean, I'm telling you, that one question is huge. Rather than saying, I'd like to invite you, would you go with me? That's comparable to if you want something done in the church, you stand up and make announcements about it, you're going to have one to maybe one and a half percent of the church that will respond to you. But you go and talk to people individually, you could get 50, 60, 70 percent response. Does that make sense? Just by how you word things, just how by how you approach it. So if you go to that person and say, would you be willing to come with me? It's harder for them to say no. <laughs> so I will have more information soon, but you can visit the website now, JesusOnProphecy.com. Then in that first invite, you give them that glow track or that personal invitation card and uh, just say, here's a little piece of information about it that'll kind of get you started. It's got the website on it. See there? If they express an overwhelming interest, they say, I've been hoping for the last year that something like this would arise somewhere where I could learn more about the Bible. If they were to say something like that, what do you say? Well, I'll talk to you about it again next month. <laughs> say, oh, well, why don't we just, why don't we take a look at the website right now? Show them the website, go to the website there, say, you know, you can pre-register right now and reserve a seat for yourself and you will get a free gift on the first night, a free DVD by Pastor Doug Batchelor. So if they say, oh yeah, let me do that. If they say, if they respond instead by saying something like, oh, well, I'll think about it. Am I going to say, well, let's go to the web? Oh, maybe not. I'm going to come back again, right? But just gauge on how they respond. All right, invite number two would be two to three weeks before opening night, which would be about two to three weeks after that first invitation, okay? Then on that, that second invite, briefly remind them of opening night and give them now a brochure. I've given them a glow track or an invitation card. Now what am I going to get? What am I going to give them? A brochure, right? To the actual meeting. Point them to the website where they can pre-register and offer to help them. Hey, remember that seminar I told you about? The Jesus on Prophecy series I mentioned before? Here's the flyer with some of the dates and topics. A little bit more detail. Uh, it's a method we call repetition and expansion. Does God use that method in the Bible? Yes. He does, doesn't He? He uses it in the book of Daniel. He uses it in the Gospels. He uses it in the book of Revelation. Repetition and expansion. They look very interesting. And then you can tell them a little bit about the speaker. Our speaker is whoever. And you tell them a little bit about that. When you pre-register, you'll get a free DVD on opening night. If you'd like to go with me, I'd be happy to pre-register pre us both. How do you think that's just easy, right? And if they say, oh, no, I don't think, okay, fine, you'll come back again. But if they say, sure, yeah, I guess I could try it out, take them to the website, show them what to do, right? Show them how to pre-register. You can do that both. Offer to take them, if possible or appropriate, offer to take them to lunch or eat together as a friendly gesture. Don't, don't use it as... <laughs> oh, if I buy you lunch, then you have to go to the meeting with me, right? We say, hey, I'd love to take you to lunch and just, just visit. Let's just chat about life or kids or work or hobbies or whatever. You know, just, let's just spend some time together. Be mindful to show a genuine interest in their personal life, not just their attendance at the series. Number three, invite number three, 10 days to one week before the series starts. Warmly let them know that you're looking forward to attending with them. 
Remind them that they don't want to miss getting their free DVD if they haven't pre-registered. Once again, maybe they've, if they've already pre-registered, then you don't have to say all that. But if they haven't, again, offer to them. Don't be too pushy, but kindly and gently encourage. Now, we don't want to be annoying. Now, have you signed up yet? You know, we're not doing that. But hey, uh, just want to remind you, did you get a chance? Are you thinking about attending with me? I would love to have you. Have you had a chance to pre-register yet? If not, why don't we, if you're planning to go, let's go ahead and do that. Here's a little example. I'm looking forward to attending the series together. I believe it's going to be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I really think you're going to love it. Invite four, one week roughly at the same time, before opening night. Mail them, if you have their address, just a thinking of you card. Just say, hey, I was just thinking about you, praying for you. I want to let you know I had a great time having lunch the other day. Just a reminder of our meetings coming up. Uh, and... Uh, Looking forward to sitting with you during that time. Number five, one to two days before opening night. Now, this sounds like a lot, but when I'm talking about these invitations, these invitations are taking between two and four minutes. You understand? It's not like I'm standing there talking to them, uh, you know, just, just kind of overwhelming them for an hour. I'm talking two, three, four, five minutes, unless they show more interest, Okay. Number five, one to two days, call or text them, all the people you've invited, and remind them of opening night starting tomorrow. Hey, just want to remind you that the first night of the meetings is tomorrow. Looking forward to seeing you. And uh, starts at X, whatever time your site is starting, 7 o'clock or whatever. Um, and then uh, remind them of that. Invite. So those are the five invites before the meetings. Okay. Now, I'm telling you, some people would say, well, I, I don't even feel comfortable inviting people one time. Sometimes we have members that think, well, I'll make that one invitation. Hey, Sal, it's good to see you today. You. Here's something you might like. Thank I'll you. see you later. <laughs> and then they think, whew, I've done my duty. I've invited him. Now, now it's all in his court now. I don't have to do anything else. Right? How many of you are guilty of that? You just kind of, or, or, or maybe even make a paper airplane, you just kind of throw it at them. <laughs> and then when it hits them, you're just like, you start whistling, you know? I'll go, I'll go when they're not at home. Yeah, I'll go when they're not at home, and I'll just put it on their doorstep, and they'll never know who it came from. And then they come to the meetings, and they say, oh, it's you. So, um, so yeah, so don't, don't be bashful. I mean, train your people. Get up on Sabbath morning and train them, okay? Use that personal ministries time or that ministry moment that you have. You know, take some prayer meetings and, and train those people that are there and try to do it. You know, you can do kind of a general shorter training during the church service that takes maybe five to eight minutes. You know, maybe at Sabbath school, you can take a little bit longer time, 15 to 20 minutes. Maybe during... Prayer meeting, you can do the same and just keep working. Actually, you know, like during a prayer meeting or a Sabbath school, you can do the training and then actually have people practice on each other, right? Just to practice it. I mean, it's totally not natural, but even if you do it in an unnatural environment, when you're in a real environment, it still helps you. And so um, do that. So those are the five invites before the meeting. Number six is after the meetings begin, 
if that person doesn't come, okay? If that person doesn't come, then I usually will, after the first two nights, if they don't come the first two nights, I'll bring them a study guide and a CD or a DVD of the first two nights that they've missed. And I say, hey, you know, I'm sorry you couldn't make it to the first couple nights, but I just wanted to give you the material. And maybe, you know, on your way home or something, you can pop that CD in, listen to it. If you enjoy it, then you can, you can still come. And just, I just give that to them. After that, I, I don't bug them. <laughs> I don't bother them if they don't come the first two nights, unless they bring it up again. Um, but if they don't come to the main series, you know, later down the road, you can invite them to do Bible studies or something else, okay? Or maybe even come to the phase two. But I usually don't pester them if I've invited them and then they don't come the first couple nights. I might remind them and say, you know, if they come and say, oh, is that thing still going on? Yeah, you know, we're in uh, night number four or five, but it's not too late to come if you want to come, okay? Phase two is, I'm going to talk about later in the week, but it is the series after the series. It is our, our we used to call it follow-up. Now we call it phase two. So it's kind of what people go through after that. So does that make sense uh, to everybody? Any questions about that? Let me just, uh, before I do that, I'll read this. Research indicates that about 80% who come to Christ do so because of a what? Personal invitation. I said this yesterday, but I'll say it again. If you're waiting for 3ABN or Amazing Facts or Strong Tower Radio or BibleStudyOffer.com or whatever else to do the work for you, all these things are simply tools that God has given for you to be more effective in doing the work. It's like, you know, it's like a, it's like a company that invents all of these machines and all these different things to do a lot of work. You know, they can maybe eliminate certain jobs, but you still have to have a certain amount of people. Amen. <laughs> And the reality is that the tools we get can enhance our work, but they're not replacing you in doing the work. You understand? And so we still have to do that work. For any type of event, so when I say any type of event, I'm talking about, you know, like a, an Aerosmith concert or a county fair or whatever. It's, it doesn't matter what it is. It typically takes four to five invitations for it to be most effective. So sometimes people will say, oh, well, you know, to invite somebody once is bad enough, but five times? Well, research has indicated whether it's a religious or non-religious event, it takes four to five invitations of reminding people what's coming up before it actually begins to sink into their heads. Does that make sense? So, so we're not doing, we're not heckling people any more than DirecTV does. Right? I get those things and they go straight into the trash every time. I'm never going to order that stuff. Uh, most people don't usually remember with just one. It takes several reminders before it sticks. We don't want to be overbearing, but sweetly persistent and balanced. Amen? All right, so that's the seven-point invitation. Anybody have any questions? I know I'm going fast here, but... Either I'm a very good teacher or a very bad teacher. I don't know which one, but... Uh, hopefully that sunk in. So those cards, you can 
Uh, you will get after ministerial, they'll be printed, the pastors will bring them home. And I would encourage you on that, on the very first Sabbath of August, in fact, actually, let me just rephrase that, the last couple Sabbaths of July, I would start that training in your churches on Sabbath morning and say, we're going to be getting these cards, they're going to be available the first Sabbath of August. That's when you'll have them in your hands, in your churches. And But we're going to start the training now so that you're prepared. And if you want to print some off from the website, you can do that. Now also on the website, there is a... Um, there is a PowerPoint that um, it's located right on the website. Let me find the right slide here. It's called um, called uh, JLP Afternoon Training. This was from the rally. Or here it is. There's a PowerPoint and a keynote presentation that you can just download it right from the website and you can use it in your churches. Okay, so you want to put that up on the screen and use it. You're welcome to do that. Okay. You guys doing okay? You sure? All right, good. All right, let me talk a little bit now about departmental resource planning. How many of you have your teams already organized? When I say teams, I'm talking about you have a person, you're the coordinator, most of you. You have the person heading up your children's uh, meeting. You have someone heading up your registration table. You have someone heading up your greeters. You have someone heading up the ushers. That kind of thing. How many of you have done this? How many of you just, how many of you don't know if your church has or not? How many of you know that you have not? All right. Very good. So let me talk a little bit about that. And. You notice I'm pulling everything off the website, if you notice that. So um, here's the speaker coordinator handbook. In the handbook on page... On page uh, 9, you'll see there the team responsibilities. Now there's a lot of jobs here but not all of them are totally necessary. Maybe you have a church of you know, seven or eight people, uh, like, like uh, Mike and Tammy here from Williamson. Well, actually, you probably have less than that, I think. But, but the main, I mean, I'm telling you, when I did the meetings last year at Williamson, those of you that weren't here yesterday, I did a series in Williamson, which is east of Lansing. Mike and Tammy were at that point visiting the church. And the church had about four attending members on, on a regular basis. And I had a couple visitors that would come on Sabbath, so they usually had you know seven to ten people. But Mike and Tammy were amongst the visitors. So I had one member at the greeter, uh, at the door to greet. I had one member at the registration table and two in the sanctuary. But Mike and Tammy were actually helping with the meeting and they were not even members yet. I can say amen. Now, we've taken care of that. At the end of the series, they got baptized, and now they're planning to coordinate the next series in their church. Um, so all of these things you may not be able to fulfill, but I'll tell you the ones that are very necessary. Okay, The ones that are very necessary, of course, you need a speaker, right? You need a site coordinator, which most of you, that's you. The health presenters is optional. 
Um, if you have a person to do the platform host, that's good. But if not, the speaker can do his own hosting. Okay, <laughs> I've had to do that before, and I've done my own hosting, but um, it just ups, it's up to you. I would not do without the prayer coordinator. I don't care if you have four people. I would not do without a prayer coordinator. Someone praying every night for those meetings ahead of time. Um, the visitation coordinator can be the speaker or the pastor. The advertising coordinator may end up being the, the actual site coordinator. The children's program, it depends upon you if you're going to have a children's program or not. Um, I'm finding that it's getting less and less that you have children at the meetings. And something we've thought about doing is, we may, we may move on it in the future, is to actually develop a program for kids by kids. In other words, have the older kids in the church put on an evangelistic series for children, but do it like right after school. How many of you think that'd be a good thing? Um, and doing it like maybe at 3.30 or 4 o'clock, after school, before supper, and then letting the older kids in the church actually do the programming and the speaking. And the younger kids will be there uh, going, kind of like what Pastor Doug does, a similar concept, but uh, for a local church to be able to do that. All right. Um, you're, you, you do need to have a greeter. And you need to have not the grumpiest person in the church as the greeter, okay? Or at the registration table. Uh, you put those people in the back room as the prayer coordinator. Oh, I'm just kidding. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. Well, at different times, you mean? I'm not. I was talking about a different program that we're thinking about doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. No problem. So your, your parking attendant, I mean, you could use a deacon for that. But one of the key areas is the registration table. And we have registration cards that we've had just like all the last times. You want to make sure that you are entering all of your attendance in your database. Yesterday I talked about doing all that through the website. We want to really encourage everyone to use the website for their tracking. That way, we can have all the accurate numbers up on our website of how many visitors we have attending. Okay, um, But registration is very important. So I'll go through some of that here in a minute. Uh, your row host, I mean, you can have a couple of deacons do that. Um, the resource table, where how many of you remember in Unlock Revelation where we sold and gave away literature? Remember that? And it's very important. I'm going to be, I will be doing this very soon, but posting up a schedule with material that you can get. About the first, first of July, you're going to want to order that material or even the first of August, but it's getting time to make those orders. So I'll have that list up on the website soon. I mean, I'm telling you, this is why I'm not giving you guys handouts because I want you to be going to, the, I mean, I could print all this stuff off, but I don't want to. It's, it's, it's troublesome to do that. You can go to the website and get it for yourself, okay? I'm not saying that to be mean. I'm just saying that because I want you to... to we need to get into that mode. Um, you know, some of these other janitorial music, those things are not necessarily necessary. Your refreshment table coordinator, if you provide refreshments, that could be your deaconess or whoever. 
Um, and those are the main areas. But, you know, it talks about having here, we talk about having an evangelism committee, which is usually the personal ministry director, the secretary if you have one, the pastor, an elder, if you have any of these other things, maybe you don't. Um, but this is the group that would meet outside of the board. Now, ideally, ideally, when I spoke to the pastors in January, I told them to go home and to appoint a meeting coordinator, a speaker, and a prayer coordinator. And then that coordinator was supposed to then begin forming and setting their team way back in January slash February. And there was supposed to be in every church a monthly meeting from early in the year all the way till the meetings begin. So that way you have much of your organization, much of your planning, and etc. finished, or at least moving along as you get closer to the meeting, rather than in August or early September trying to scramble and people are making, hey, I need you to do this, and people are getting stressed out and they don't want to do it. And that's why people, they get, that's why people say, well, I don't want to, we don't want to do 25 nights. Well, how are you going to share a message in two nights? Tell me how to do that. People, people all the time say, well, we, we just rather do three or four nights, maybe a week at the most, Pastor. We don't want to do... You cannot share our message in seven nights. Now, you might do some other format. You know, I've done a format where I've done like seven to ten nights, and then I'll do one night a week for several weeks. But you can't expect to actually do a, a true reaping meeting. I mean, they used to do, in the olden days... You know, six to nine months, you know, four to five nights a week, and people came. I mean, people wouldn't got that much now. I mean, we're not trying to do that, but we keep trying to squeeze this thing down until we're going to have a little special weekend, and it just doesn't work. So if we plan ahead, then it's not so stressful when the time comes, okay? All right. Um, I want to jump to here the meeting coordinator. It says, they oversee the smooth operation of the series. They're the go-to person, often the personal ministries leader or an elder, but it doesn't have to be. And be sure to list your coordinator and contact on the full website, which you, you should already have that there. Now, let me just make a note about something that I like to do in my meetings, is if you follow the training center, <clears throat> center church model, you have... Some of you may have one elder in your church. Some of you may have no elders. Some churches have three, four, five elders. Other churches have 10 or 15 elders, the really big churches. But however many elders you have, and I'm not talking about the meeting right this second, I'm just talking about church function. You should have every department in your church overseen by an elder. Does that make sense? So there should be elders that an elder would oversee the women's ministry, men's ministry, pathfinders, health ministries, personal ministries. You know, what are some other areas? Deacons and deaconesses, um, Sabbath school. Every department in the church should be overseen by an elder. And what happens is, is that we've gotten so dependent upon the pastors that the, i got to be careful, I don't want to get off preaching now, 
But uh, the elders, let me just say this, the deacons and deacons, deaconesses, do what the member should do. The elder does what the deacon should do. And the pastor does what the elder should be doing. And then we hire a Bible worker to do what the pastor ought to be doing. If you read the church manual, how many of you ever read the church manual? Cover to cover. I don't mean like a paragraph in some piece you were looking for. Cover to cover. One of the most interesting books in our denomination is the church manual. I love it. In fact, I used to, I used to have a recommended book of the month in my churches. I just put it in the bulletin. If you're looking for a book to read, this is a great one. I put the church manual in there. We had a visitor that had been attending our church for several months who went down to the ABC and bought the church manual. She was an engineer. It was um, Jason's wife. What's her name? Slipped in my mind. Deborah. And she went and read that whole church manual and she came up to me and said, I want to be baptized in this church. She said, that book is so amazing. She said, it's organized. And, and she, in her mind, worked that way, being an engineer. And she was baptized because of the church manual. It's an evangelistic book, amen? It's got all of our beliefs in it. It's got all of our... But if you look at the job description for an elder, elders have a huge spiritual authority in the church. They can chair business meetings. They can chair board meetings. They can baptize with some certain limitations. They can not just assist in, but actually conduct communion services. They can do all kinds of things. They can do virtually everything the pastor can do except like perform a marriage. They can actually still perform a marriage ceremony. They just can't sign the license. But they can do everything that a pastor does. So what I'm saying is that our churches need this transformation where the elders are actually leading the churches. <laughs> and the pastor then becomes more free to do a different type of work and not hover over the churches. So anyway, that's my high horse for the day. But what I like to do with, with that concept in mind, every department of the meetings, like registration, greeters, etc., I like to have an elder also overseeing those pieces. Now, if you've got one elder, then he would oversee. If you've got two elders, you know, if you've got two elders in your church, you take all the departments in your church, you divide them in half, and each one takes half. If you've got 15 elders in your church, then probably one over each department. If you've got one elder, he's a lucky man or woman, whatever. <laughs> but we want to have organization. Amen? And this grows people as leaders. All right, so we're close to out of time here. But let's go on. I don't want to go through all of these. But uh, you can read through these there. The visitation coordinator really organizes the visitation and the weekly letters that go out. Uh, and also now with the website, as I talked about yesterday, the weekly emails that would go out. Um, and that person works alongside the speaker to make sure that every person gets a visit. Now tomorrow I'm going to talk about uh, visitation and a visitation plan and so forth. Um, you know, the advertising coordinator, which may end up being the site coordinator, makes sure make sure that all of the advertising is set in place and everything is where it needs to be from the glow tracks to the yard signs and, and any advertising that you're doing. And you got your children's program, your greeters, 
are your row host, um, your resource coordinator. I'm not going to go through all this, but you can guys can read those things for yourself. But I, I want to make the point that probably if you don't have a lot of people, the greeters, the prayer coordinator, registration, those are the most important pieces. If you've got those pieces, you can do a meeting. Okay? Um, if you don't if you have limited resources in your church. But I would I would I would really encourage people to help. Don't just use the same people all the time. When I was at the Lansing Church, I would tell my departmental leaders, my head deaconess, my head deacon, I would say, I want you, I said, I know you always have your go-to people that help you all the time. I said, but I want to challenge you to actually go to members who do nothing in the church except attend every Sabbath or some Sabbaths. I want to, uh, to encourage you to go find people who are inactive in our church. When I say inactive, they may be attending, but they're not active in the church. And, and recruit those people to start helping because that's the best way to have total member involvement is when we get when our leaders look out for people are looking for people to recruit them, to develop them into workers, and then they develop into leaders. Amen? All right, so um, it's important. If you have not formed this team yet, it's important that when you get home from camp meeting, you form that immediately because July is going to fly by. People are going to be on vacation, and then they're going to come back in August, some of them. Some of them don't even come back till right before school. But it's important to be moving on this right away if you haven't okay if you have then continue meeting with your team you may want to increase those meetings as you get into august and september to make sure that everything is ready to go okay all right how do you feel sir um you have the prayer coordinator the site coordinator Registration and greeters. Those are the most important. The rest, you, the rest, if you had to, you can do without. But those you need. All right, let me talk. Uh, I mentioned the resource table. Um, I, uh, I'll talk more about that tomorrow. Um, let me talk a little bit about the nightly handouts. There will, and then we're going to be done for the day because it's almost time to be, to be done. But uh, we have some handouts that will be special for the series. And I'm trying to pull up those. There we go. Yeah, Eric does some designing for me. So we have these handouts that will be used during the series. They are the, uh, actually they're, they were written by Mark Finley, and we're going to use these. Um, but there is, so this is what they'll get each night when they leave. They'll get, it's a single sheet, it'll be folded in half, and it'll have this, it won't follow the sermon exactly, but it'll always be on the same topic. And uh, then they can go home and study that on their own. So they'll get this. So when you, you have ordered through Hamblin the nightly handouts, this is what you're going to get. Okay, You're going to get a pack of these, one for every topic. 
there's like three or four knights that have, that have two handouts, um, but most will have one. Were you gonna? Oh, yeah, I was wondering where. Yeah, I'm not familiar with ordering handouts. Um, when you when you did your your site order, they would it would have been on there with with the uh, on the Excel spreadsheet. Okay, like that. Yeah. So they would be. Maybe I was thinking they would be like Bible style. Yeah, let me but let me show you this. And so we had some we had some complications with some things, so we had to go a different direction. But let me show you what we have otherwise. Um, This is what they originally looked like, but we redid them for Jesus on Prophecy. So there's a third page for each lesson that we are not printing because it in increases the cost dramatically to try to print that third page and then they have to actually staple it or thread it together. So what I'm going to be doing is he's taking all of, all of these third pages and he's going to put the Jesus on Prophecy stuff on it. I think he's almost already got it done. And I'm going to post these on the website. And then you guys, if you would like to use them, you can print them. Okay? And what it is, is it has every night a, a little quiz, and then it has a list of the Bible uh, verses that are used in the study guide. And, um, and so I have, um, so here's another one. So there's some of them that have quite a few verses. And then there's this little quiz. So there is a Bible study, I'm sorry, Bible school card. And I'll have directions and all this on the website for you. But what I like to do, here's what I find. Whenever I do a meeting, if I have a Bible school, resource table is good and it's important but people are only going to read so much. But if I have a, when I have a Bible school and I have some kind of lesson for people to work through, the people who work through those lessons more times than not end up being baptized. And you'll find that probably anywhere from 20 to 40% of your attending visitors will do the Bible study series. So, And I use all, I use all kinds of things. I mean, something... Last time I did a meeting, I think I did the It Is Written lessons, and sometimes I do the Amazing Facts ones. It doesn't really matter what you do, just as long as you do something. So we'll have these available that you guys can print. And then you have a table set up that's a Bible school. And then you, know, you explain it from the front. Every night you'll get this little lesson guide. You take that home, you fill it out, you look the verses up, you bring it back, and you turn it in. And they do that every night. And then the Bible school coordinator grades it. And then they give it back to them. And then they get the next one. And when they go through all of those, they get some kind of gift. You can give them a book or a Bible or whatever you want to give them. DVD or whatever. And then I have for the, I'll have all these instructions written up for you. They get, a, um, they get a certificate at the end. And I will actually put in my budget enough for some frames. I don't buy $30 frames, you know, but I don't buy the 50 cent or 99 cent ones either. I buy ones that are two or three dollars that are pretty decent. And I put the frame in, put it in a frame and it's got their name printed on it. And 
I sign it as the speaker, and on Sabbath morning, I present them with those certificates. And you'll be amazed. I mean, people just are they're just they're just thrilled. I mean, they're just they're just excited to get their framed certificate and then they get their special gift. And many of those people ultimately make decisions for baptism. Those that actually do the lessons rather than just coming to the meetings and listening. Okay? So I would encourage you to do that in your in your in your sites. Um, so if you don't have enough people to have a separate Bible school table, you can just have the registration people take care of it. They can just exchange them every night. It's just part of their job. Okay, um, But if you do that, it's very simple, and I'll have these little study guides on there. If you'd rather use some other lessons, you can do that too. It, you know, I, I'm not the type of person... I like to provide a system for you but if you have another system that you prefer that works, fine. There's a hundred ways to do the right thing. The bottom line is we want to always be working within principle. Amen? So I don't try to say, you have to do this. But I will try to provide something for you to use. You can use it or do something different. Okay? So that's the Bible school. So I want to encourage you to do that. You'll find that the people that do those lessons are always more in tune, they're more open, they're more interested, and more of those people end up making an actual decision to be baptized. All right? So let me just real quickly say, what are we doing tomorrow? Tomorrow, we're going to talk more. We'll talk some more about the resource table. We'll talk about your org- we, it's important to have an or- a final organizational meeting before... The series starts. I'll talk about that and what you need to do during that meeting. I'll talk about visitation tomorrow. Um, I'll talk about, probably that's all we'll have time for, but I'm going to give you a, a very simple layout of what to do in your visitation each week. And then I'll teach you some basic fundamental principles of visitation and what to say, what not to say, and how to ask for decisions and that kind of thing. Some of that may end up spilling over into, what is tomorrow, Wednesday? Some of that may spill over into Thursday, but then on Thursday we'll talk about follow-up and a little bit about discipleship, phase two, um, and, and then we'll be done. So I hope that, uh, I wish, what I should have done is I should have done two hours a day for this, <laughs> but uh, that's okay. That's all right, we'll get through it, and um, many of the things will be on the resource. Just a reminder, if you're interested in the Cuba mission trip that we are doing through the Evangelism Department next year, March 11 to 22, on Friday in the same room, the same time, 2.15, we're going to have an information session on that. So there's several different things to do there. You can preach meetings, you can do health talks, there's construction projects, there's children's programming that we do. Um, did I say health clinic? There's a health clinic. Um, and so we're going to be dealing with that on Friday. If you'd like to come and get a brochure, you can do so. All right, any questions before we go? I know it's time, but I apologize that we didn't leave. Which website? JesusOnProphecy.com But if you... If you have, if your site is planning to do the meeting, 
and you have not been able to actually get on the website yet, if you don't have your username and password, you need to come and see me right now, and I'll set you up with that, okay? And uh, make sure that we've got that. But I think, how many of you have actually been on the website? You've logged on through your church site, and you've been navigating stuff. If you haven't and you need to do that, come and see me, all right? Very good. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for this time. We ask Your Holy Spirit to be close to us as we continue to labor and prepare for Jesus on prophecy. May we go home from camp meeting and rally the troops in these last few months. And Lord, pray that You will burn into the hearts of Your people the conviction of soul winning and being willing to be used by You and laboring for the lost. And we pray that you would continue to bless us and for a, an abundant harvest this fall. We thank you and we come in Jesus' name. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.